Life's a game, the world's a stage, and we are merely role players, where theatrical people play role playing games. I'm Matt Boothman, and I'm your compare for this main house production. Here on Merely Role Players, we improvise stories for your entertainment and ours, and we use role playing games to keep the story going places even we can't see coming. Because as theatrical people, we're all about maximising the drama. This is Act 1 of Vigil, Tourist Trap, one of our main house productions. The main house is where we stage ongoing serial stories, with characters and plots that develop and unfold over several productions. Vigil is the story of the outsiders and weirdos who step up to defend their neighbours from monsters and worse. After the government cuts their town's official team of paranormal investigators... To tell this story, we're playing Monster of the Week, a role-playing game by Michael Sands, published by Evil Hat. Tourist Trap is our third Vigil production, after Playtime and Cold Snap. You don't need to have caught up on those productions to enjoy Tourist Trap, but they do share a setting and potentially some ongoing plot threads. Starting now, we'll release a new act of Tourist Trap every other week, And to keep you going through the weeks in between, we'll release backstage episodes that give you a peek behind the scenes. So stay tuned for one of those next week. For now, though, please take your seats in the main house. Tonight's production is about to begin. Vigil, a Merely Roleplayers main house production. Tourist Trap. Act 1 of 5 Let's meet the players for this main house production. Uh, let's go round. Everybody, can you please introduce yourself uh, and your character's name and the playbook that you've used for them, starting with Chris B. Hi, uh, I'm Chris Buxey, and I am playing Calisteria Softbinding, the expert. A name to conjure with. Or, or not. <laughs> uh, specifically, deliberately not a name to conjure with. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, next, let's have Ellen. Hello, I'm Ellen, and I'm playing Jess Butterworth, the spooky. Next, Helen. Hi, I'm Helen. I'm playing Melody Bantham, the constructed. Cool. And last but not least, uh, Chris. Hi, I'm Chris McLennan, and I'm playing Ed Kincaid, the professional. It's been a little while since uh, we created these characters. Everybody excited to finally see them in action? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yep, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. I, I have a lot of uh, nervous excitement at this point, uh, but I think we're going to channel it and we're going to turn it into something fun. For sure. Absolutely. Definitely. So 
without much further ado, shall we get going? Is everybody ready to play? So ready. Yes. Ready. It's tourist season in Sheridan. The sun is shining on the cobbled main street and the duck and parsnip gastro pub is ever so slightly busier than normal with uh, some new guests from out of town uh, and the occasional visitor just passing through. At a table not too far from the bar, a table for two, is Ed Kincaid interviewing a woman with uh, a slight bluish tint to her hair. Uh, Chris, do you want to introduce Kincaid and tell us what he looks like? Kincaid is in a sort of a nice but clearly pretty old and at this point ill-fitting suit. His face is sunken, very tired, and such is his demeanour in this moment as he listens to what is probably... The sixth or seventh similar interview uh, he's had to deal with of this ilk in the last day and a half. So he's pretty sick, he's pretty sick of it by this point. Is Kincaid bothering to write notes or just listening and staring into his pint? I think he's doodling. In like he's he's got the notebook out, but at this point it's he's making a flick book of like a little stick man, just page by page. So we were we were in the woods. Right in the in the heart of the woods, uh, near the at the clearing with the big tree with all the faces on it. Clearing, yes. And yeah. uh, and th- there were these people, uh, circus people, I think, uh, very strange. Um, and when it was all over, I-, I looked in the mirror when I got home, and and I looked like this. Yeah, but it's you know circus people, you you know it's you were looking in the woobly mirrors before. I can't stress this enough. You're looking in the woobly. Like circus, like house of fun type mirrors before. Then you went home, you looked at yourself in the regular mirror, and you thought, no, oh, that's not what my nose looked like a minute ago. It's but not. How do you explain my eyes? I squint into the eyes. <laughs> like a... I don't know what you want me to they explain. They used to be brown, Mr. Kincaid. They're brownish. As Kincaid is having this frustrating conversation, Jess Butterworth enters the uh, Duck and Parsnip pub. Ellen, since you you added the duck and parsnip to Sheridan, do you want to give us some aesthetic details? What sort of stuff has it got on the walls? I think it is the most stereotypical country pub you have ever seen. It's got all that like bridal wear, uh, hops, dried hops hanging from the beams, open fireplace, not obviously lit at the moment, quirky, or what my parents consider quirky decor all over the place. It's a bit beaten round the edges, homely, not particularly clean, but very popular in the area. And Jess has had a bit of a nightmare of a day at work mm-hmm. at the uh, at Sheridan's Amazement Park, attraction for all ages, because Jess's boss, Charlie Barlow, uh, has spent about half the day on the phone having what sound like very frustrating conversations with the bank. Uh, and the other half of the day taking that out on Jess. So I think when we first see Jess, she walks stomping into the pub. She lets the door slam behind her. She's got her old Doc Martens on. They're they're black, red laces. She's got 
very artistically ripped tights and shorts, high-waisted black shorts, a sort of fun print crop top thing that she can only just fit into. She's got blunt bangs. Her, her makeup would have been absolutely on point when she left the house this morning, and it's not that anymore. There's an air of, of, of do not trouble me right now about her. And I think she comes in, she throws her bag down on the floor, she ignores all the customers, and she sits down at the bar. And Jess's mum, Liz Butterworth, is behind the bar. And as Jess sits down, she goes, Oh, Jess, oh, thank goodness. Can you, can you jump back here, behind here, and just help out? We're a bit busy and it's just me. Your dad's on the phone still. Mum, I've been at work all day. I literally just got in. I know, I know, I know. But it, it, it won't be for very long. It's just until he gets... He's still on hold. He's been on hold for an hour. It's horrible. Oh, all right. Okay, fine. But I, I want next Saturday off, all right? Uh, fine. Deal. Whatever. Fine. So I drag my bag. I go behind the bar. What's Kincaid up to by this point? Yeah, I think he's at the point where he's sort of making any, like any excuse to just get up from the the table and just not not hear about the woods and the circus people again. He's pretty convinced that the circus people explains the whole thing away, and he doesn't really understand what everyone's worried about. He's going to go for a top up in a less than a professional move. <laughs> Jess, uh, you see Kincaid coming to the bar. Uh, I guess you probably didn't know that he was in town right now. Kincaid isn't always around. Uh, he visits town sometimes from London on, on work. Okay, so I've been just clearing glasses, trying to keep my head down, not actually make eye contact with any customers. But I see him come up. And I'm like, Ed, you're right. I haven't seen you in a god awful while. No, I'd like to have kept it that way, to be honest. But, well, a lot of people were kicking up a fuss about something to do with noses. Oh, yeah. Sounds interesting. You enjoying yourself back in Sheridan? As much as one can when the only reason you're called here is because of these crackpots. On that subject, something incredibly strong, please. You're normal. Yeah. <laughs> as Jess reaches for the, the incredibly strong drinks shelf, uh, her dad, Will Butterworth, slams through the door from the bar into the, the kitchens and uh, backstage areas of the duck and parsnip and reaches for the same shelf to pour himself something stiff. And he is shaking in a way that Jess recognises as kind of frustration and rage. Bloody hell, Dad, you look like you've had a worse day than I have. Uh, it's, it's the bloody bank... Liz uh, gathers round to hear this as well. They say they've got no record of me as a as a as an account holder, and they don't know where any of the money's gone. And I don't know what I've got. And the the the, the council's closed for the day, so I can't get in touch with them. So I don't know what it's going to mean for the pub. But it's I d I don't know what to do. It's it's a it's obviously some sort of computer snafu, but I'm just gonna I'm I'm gonna drink this and then I'm gonna try and get back on with them. Dad, have you been clicking the links on the emails I told you about? Because you know that's scamming, right? Don't try and make out like this is my fault, Jess. Well, you know it's happened before. You gave to that charity. Yeah, the bank never call you. 
and, and ask for your details, you've got to get, get, get in touch with them. Exactly. It's 101. Exactly. I tried to tell you, Dad. A voice in Jess's ear says, you're not going to take that, are you? I think I pause for a second. And then I lift my brow. No one actually ever sees my eyes. And I stare directly into my dad's eyes. And I say, look, Dad, if you had had the day I had, you would not be speaking to me like that. Yeah, that's right. Get cross with him. Give him hell. Give him both barrels. You expect me to chip in behind the scenes? You don't pay me. You expect me to just be another pub landlord when I grow up? Like, you ask everything of me and you give nothing back? Why should I care if your banks aren't working? Because, because this is... Because this pub pays... You live under this roof. And as long as you do, what affects us affects you. Well... I don't, I don't have to listen to this. And he turns and flounces and flings some stuff in, a, in an angry sort of way including uh, a couple of bills and bits of identifying information and a credit card, just not on the bar, but on the the shelves behind where the drinks are, and stomps back into the back back area. I'm going to move out as soon as I can, and, and then you'll bloody miss me. And I spot what he's left, and I pick it up. Why don't you investigate a mystery? I would like to. Generally, this is a roll plus sharp. My sharp is one. So we're going to roll two six-sided dice. Add Jess's sharp. On a ten plus, it's a full success. On a seven to nine, it's a mixed success. And on a six minus, it's not. Here we go. So that's eight plus one. Nine. Okay. What would you like to try and find out from looking at these bits and pieces that your dad's left behind? Jess is going to look at the card and reach out with all of her spooky mm. senses and try and assess what is being concealed here. Jess reaches out with her spooky senses and has the feeling of that voice that was speaking in her ear feels that presence move around and a, a figure comes into view for Jess uh, on the other side of the bar. A figure about the same height as Jess, with long hair in an asymmetrical cut, wearing like a pirate coat, with the double-breasted, the two lines of big buttons, uh, and a frilly shirt. Quickfire round. Do they seem solid or see-through? Solid. Are they in colour or monochrome? They're in colour. And do they glow at all? Very slightly round the edges. Okay. Kit. Jess speaks to Kit inside her own head. It's not vocalised. It's an inner monologue. Kit, there's something really weird going on here. You're telling me? You want me to go and uh, take a little rummage in your dad's head and see what it is? Yeah, go on then. Also, see what you did with my last week's pocket money, would you? Got it. And Kit vanishes through the wall behind the bar in pursuit of your dad. And you hear a running commentary from Kit. It's not... He didn't click on a, he didn't click on a dodgy link, but he did go in a new shop. He did go in one of those, one of those dodgy high street shops. Right. I've got, I can see... I can see 
Uh, it doesn't have a name above the door, but it is full of like souvenir tat. Uh, and yeah, oh, 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 he touched his card on the thing. I know exactly which shop that is. What's his card look like now? It just says, first name, last name, zeros, loads of zeros. It's not even a date anymore. And it's his card. It's got that weird crease in it from where he sat down funny. It's not just your everyday skimming. No. But I think I know that shop he was talking about. It's the one that popped up on the high street earlier this year. It sells all kinds of tap. What is Kincaid seeing at this point as Jess is carrying on this psychic conversation? <laughs> <laughs> I think Jess has got her hands on the edge of the bar. She's behind the bar. She's got her hands on it. And she's just very, very still. She's looking down. And to anybody else, she could be counting beer glasses... She could be having a rest, but she's literally not moving a muscle. Kincaid will put the now empty glass down, like, quite abruptly to try and sort of snap her out of it a bit and go, looks like a classic case of identity theft. And then it's like, looks really pleased with himself. And, oh, uh, uh, identity yeah, theft. maybe. Ed, take a look at this. And I'm just going to carefully slide the card across the bar to him. Is that the weirdest thing you've ever seen? I mean, that's my dad's card. I mean, is it new? No. Like, is it just a... No, I mean, but look at it, Ed, Look at it. Like, that's, that looks like one of those sample cards you get on adverts. Like, that, that's my dad's card. Like, look, it's got a crease in the corner where he sat down funny on it and he swore about it for days. It still works. Isn't it... Just one of those, you know, when they want you to get a credit card and they just send you a card and it's, you know, it's like just to make you excited enough to no, open the envelope. No, and I said, just it's to... my dad's card. It's not, this ain't new. It ain't coming the post today. This is his card, but it's all gone funny like there's All the info's gone. Yes, that's what I'm trying changed, to say. Right? It's physically not it, the that, same. That... Yeah, but... But I just don't see... This can't be your dad's card then, can it? What I'm trying to say, Ed, and I say it through gritted teeth very quietly, is I think something a bit supernatural might be going on. But not you <laughs> as well. I've got my hands full with the with the nose people. Like, uh, you're not going to be any help, are you? There must be someone else you can ask in the town. I just want to finish up with this. Well, I don't really. I'd like, rather stop right now. But... I want to finish up with this, just get back in my car, go back to London, back to civilization, and just be done with it. Yeah, I can't blame you on that one, to be honest. Can I get you another drink then? Nah, better not. Uh, better get some. Uh, better get some grub in me. I'm gonna, gonna head down the way. All right. If good luck with the whole identity theft thing, but you know, just tell your dad to be a bit more careful, eh? And I just oh. walk straight out the door. And then pop my head back into the woman who sat at the table very patiently and just go, oh yeah, we're done. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for nothing. Sheridan is twinned with Waterdeep. City of Splendours. Right now in Waterdeep, the great game is afoot. 
Plan your trip to this bustling metropolis now, and you could be in with a chance to grab the biggest hoard of gold ever gathered in all the realms. Sheridan Town Council does not recommend planning an actual trip to bustling Waterdeep during the Great Game. The Great Game has a high mortality rate, and anyone visiting Waterdeep during this season does so at their own risk. As a, a, um, a safe alternative, the Council recommends becoming a patron of our town's favourite Great Game contestants, the Waterdeep Mall Rats. Your support could mean everything to these plucky heroes of the Dock Ward. Literally, your influence could mean the difference between rescue and betrayal, between a daring heist succeeding or failing, between the mole rats winning the prize, or losing everything. Enjoy the beautiful but dangerous City of Waterdeep from a safe distance, Mondays at 7pm UTC plus 1 on twitch.tv slash sabotage the DM. Hello everyone and welcome to the Waterdeep Mall Rats Dragon Heist podcast. And as she's like crossing over, she's like pulling out an empty jar, just like, yes, I want you. <laughs> I want to study you so hard. This audio is taken directly from our live stream, which you can see on twitch.tv forward slash sabotage the DM on Mondays at 7 p.m. in the UK or 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. You know what we used to do when we were fighting and we were scared? We used to smoke. Here you go. <laughs> Out of that taste. Our adventure will be played by a cast of immersive actors. Dan Berman, Pups the Goblin Monk. Gabrielle McPherson, Oshi Sota, the Yuanti Pureblood Rogue. Rob Thompson, Big Fatch, the Warforged Barbarian. And Evie James, Baggy, the Half-Orc Artificer. She's going to try and steal it all off the table as much as she can get. <laughs> and then run, okay? Towards Shit Street. Ready? Oh, she's pissed. We will join our adventurers as they move from their homes on Black Star Lane in the Dock Ward and attempt to climb into the higher echelons of Waterdeep society to join what is known as the Great Game or the Neverember Enigma in search of hundreds of thousands of stolen gold coins hidden somewhere in the city. Oh, I don't know. Why, what is it with pups and shit, man? <laughs> <laughs> All right, lovies. It's me, Matt, your compere, handing out the free programmes here in the interval. If you're joining us for the first time here at the start of this new story, hello, welcome. Don't worry, no one else has met these characters before either, apart from Kincaid's interviewee, briefly. But we have told a couple of stories in this town before. If you want to know a bit more about the town, its history, what might be bubbling away in the background, that kind of thing, there are now two setting zines available to buy from my itch.io shop. I release a new one of these each time we do a story in Sheridan. The first one's been out for a while now, and that's got some good stuff about a mysterious fire that ripped through the Rosebriar Forest in Victorian times. And then the second one just came out a few weeks ago, and that's got some stuff to really get your teeth into. All about exactly who does and doesn't remember things like demons and ghost sharks and the Winter King. And more importantly, why? And even more importantly, why it's down to people like Jess and Cal to deal with them when they start hurting people, even though that's really not their job. Plus, why Jess's parents' pub has always been the duck and something for as long as the town's been around. If you're here because you like Monster of the Week, the role-playing game we're using to tell our story here, 
then you should also know that the other thing that you get in these zines is everything you need to play through the same mysteries we're playing. You'll need a copy of the main Monster of the Week book first, and a group to play with, but if you've got those, then these setting zines give you a good two or three sessions worth of play, all prepped and ready to run. So if you find yourself sitting there going, why didn't the merely role players players just do this? Then what you do is you go get the zine for that production, run the mystery in your own group, and see if your way's better. You can get the Playtime and Cold Snap zines from my game shop at merelymat.itch.io, and you'll find the Tourist Trap zine in the same place a couple of weeks after this production wraps up. Take a look at some of the other games on my page while you wait. But let's not look forward to the end of this story just yet. Instead, please take your seats once again in the main house, as we continue Vigil, Tourist Trap, Act 1 of 5. The last few trickles of tourists are just leaving Sheridan's historic cobbled market high street now that all of the stalls have been put away and they're all heading back to their B&Bs and hotels and cars. But there is one shop front that is still very much open, bright and bustling. The name over the shop front is Melodies. Uh, what does this shop look like, Helen? There's a lot of fairy lights and... As you come through the door, you're into a sort of an L-shaped space. So if you go to the left, there's um, like a section where you can browse records. And then straight in front of you is a more conventional cafe setup, but with, the, with some tables moved out the way and the chairs up and a li- maybe a little queue of people. And with a general sort of cosy atmosphere? Yeah, yeah mismatched upholstery and crockery i was gonna say the walls are pink that's not vital information but it's front and center in my mind <laughs> i think it's vital still a nice detail yeah and there's, maybe there's some uh soft jazz okay. uh and this small queue of people uh, are queuing up to a a table where sits calisteria soft binding noted local horror author I'm uh, sat at the table with my thoughtful face and uh, casual clothes. Um, big smile on my face. I always like to uh, meet fans because um, they sort of help pay the bills. And uh, I'm sat at the table. I've asked uh, Melody very nicely if I could take down a couple of the sort of strings of fairy lights over the section of the cafe where I'm sort of sitting because it kind of spoils the horror ambiance a little bit and um, behind me I've got a big sort of cardboard cutout of me again smiling uh, life-size holding the book and um, yeah I'm just sort of you know making small talk uh, doing sort of signings of uh, my latest piece. I'm going to put you on the spot here what's the book called and what what sort of fans does Calisterius attract? Okay, so my latest book is called I Don't Have Eyes, But Screaming is Still an Option. <laughs> and uh, and uh, Calisterius attracts the uh, sort of fans that would enjoy that as the title of a book. So uh, a range of people. People probably like Calisterius, you know. Um, Garth uh, Marenghi. Yeah. 
Uh, it's sort of more aimed at like a, an older crowd and yeah, the, a few of them have turned out and I'm sort of, I'm, I'm quite pleased with the turnout. It's a, a genuine smile on my face, not a, a forced smile from, you know, having to sit here and sign books. Yeah, it's it's not just the locals that have turned out this time. There's some people from out of town have come in specially for this signing. Absolutely, yes. So uh, I was before this a little bit nervous that there might not be much of a turnout. So it is uh, a genuine uh, relief on my face and uh, I'm yeah, pleased to see people. So the the lady at the at the signing table right now uh, is saying, could you uh, sign it to Mildred, please? Mildred, of course, yes. And, um, and while you're signing it, I, I was wondering, have you ever considered, uh, maybe in a maybe in a future instalment of the series, have you thought about what if uh, they were vampires, but of of emotions? I thought that was a really good idea. I just thought I couldn't, I couldn't not put it to you since since you're right there. Oh, thank you. Well, you know, I always appreciate fan feedback. Um, I have this entire series planned out though, but that you know, it all goes into the melting pot up here, and I sort of tap my head. Oh, um, have you? you know, it's any, not any, always nice to hear ideas. Any little, any little tidbits you don't mind dropping? I don't mind spoilers. Uh, I can tell you, pre-orders for the next book will go online soon. Uh, so. <laughs> If that's not too much of a spoiler for you, uh, don't forget to subscribe to my newsletter. Oh, oh a genius never reveals his secrets, does he? <laughs> well, I like to play things pretty close to my chest, you know. it's uh, You've got to buy the book to find out what happens. Don't want to give it all away in advance. Well, I, I, I'll do just that. Thank you very much. Oh, thanks for coming out, Mildred. I appreciate it. Here's your signed copy. Mildred takes the signed book and takes it with her to the the counter where she finds uh, the proprietor of Melody's, Melody Bantham. So Melody is quite tall and quite slim, has quite long brown hair. She's casually dressed in like a feminine sort of hippie type way. So we're talking maybe beads and maybe like a skirt over trousers because she's got to be practical as well yeah and um trying to be friendly just just this please terrific how did you find meeting cal oh he's he he's he's such a closed book but that's that i like that sort of mystery (laughs) <laughs> Lovely. Okay, that is uh, fifteen pounds then. She takes out a card and taps it on the card reader, and the card reader makes an angry beep. Oh, um, the um, card machine's not happy there. Uh, you know, you know how temp. Oh, shall I? Shall I try? Shall I try putting it in and, oh, and do the pin? Yeah, go ahead. She tries that. More angry beeps. Oh, um, do you have another card we can try? Oh no, I don't. I only brought this one. I've come from. I've come a little way. I, di- I didn't want to bring all of them with me in case no. I got. In case something happened. I'm. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, no, maybe don't... I might have cash. Oh, Is there yeah. a cash point? Um. Yeah. There's a. So if you um just head out and maybe twenty meters on the left on this side of the road, there's a cash point just there. Can you can you hold on to this for me while oh. while I go while I run? Of course. Thank you. See you in a sec. The signing goes on. Mildred comes back five minutes later in even more of a flap. I'm sorry. Is there any way my card won't work there either? Um, 
I've come all this way just to get the get, to get this signed. Okay, okay, don't worry. Right. So, uh, just come over here, and I move away from the till and move away from other people, and I say, look, so if you just write down your uh, your name and your phone number and your address. I will um, give you a call tomorrow and we can do the transaction over the phone with another card. Is that okay? Oh, thank you. Yes, yes, that would be great. I'm okay, so worried. I'm worried I won't be able to pay my, my B&B now as well. Oh, well, I, it's, maybe it's just my machine. Uh, don't worry about this for now. Um, have a good evening and I'll speak to you tomorrow. She's studying the card as you're, as you're saying this. And she says, oh no, I don't, I don't think it is your machine. Look at this. And she shows you the card, and uh, as with Jess's dad's card, the card simply says first name, last name, the number is 12 zeros, the expiry date is 0000. Oh, that's so strange. I've, I've not seen anything like that before. At this point, uh, I've walked over as well, because I've heard the sound of an upset fan who I know is on the mailing list. Uh, so I've just come <laughs> to see what's, uh, what's going on. Oh, is everything okay here? Everything's fine, Cal. Don't worry. We're just having a little bit of trouble uh, with Mildred's card here, but nothing for you to worry about. Oh, okay. Well, uh, as long as it's not a problem with the book, um, I'll I'll go back to the signing then. (laughs) Terrific. Thank you. Oh well, I I suppose I'll have to. I suppose I'll have to call my bank in the morning and see if I can do so. But it's so strange. I have. Yeah, I don't know what to say. Maybe um, check your pockets, check your handbag, see if this isn't. Just uh, something you picked up accidentally. Oh, yes. Oh, good idea. She dumps her handbag out on the nearest table <laughs> and starts going through things. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, take your time. After going through a few things, she, with even more dismay on her face now, turns to you, Melody, says, My, my phone! And she shows it to you, and uh, it's just started up in like a welcome to your new iPhone screen. Oh, so, so something's happened. It's it's wiped. It's I've lost it. I've lost all my contacts. Everything. It's not my password's not working. I'm sorry. You're, uh, I'm sure you don't. Maybe you don't know how to deal with anything. But no, I've got to say I'm quite old-fashioned. <laughs> not super techy, but um, I don't know. Um... I'm sorry. It's just that it's just that I I, I came. De- I've come to Sheridan alone. For the signing, I haven't got anybody else, and, and and now I can't call. I can't call anybody either. Oh bless you. Okay. Um, well, I think potentially just head back to your B and B, get them to get you a cup of sweet tea, and take it from there. I suppose. All right. Yes, I think that will help. I might be in the dark later on. You're in need of something stronger. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. Okay, have a good evening. Sorry I can't help you. I'll try. Uh, and thank strange. you. And she she leaves you some details of how to how to get in touch with her. She leaves you the she's got the some room details of the B&B uh, in her handbag so she's got the number of that. So she leaves you that to get in yep. touch with her and heads out of the shop. Can I pass her in the doorway? Yeah, if you like. This is where I think I would be going to eat. Or I think I am. Maybe not because there's a book signing. But <laughs> I would just—I think I would just end up just stood by this table, slightly befuddled, maybe with a bit of she's left behind a packet of polos or something. Then I, you know, I hear the bell on the door. 
go again as she's gone out and look up and I, yeah, see Ed there. And as as this saga has been going on, the the signing has died down. Uh, all the fans have got, apart from Mildred, all the fans have gone away very happy <laughs> uh, with their books. Of course. Uh, so the so Melodies is is fairly quiet now. So I think I'd give a a, a shy, but you know, cursory melody, and then I see a clock, Cal, at his, at his sort of signing table, and uh, uh, just sort of sidle up and go. Yeah, could you just make one out to uh, Elliot Bay? First initials, fine. Make it five. Five out to Elliot Bay, please. eBay. Ah, okay. Elliot Bay, is he a big fan? Oh yeah, he, he, he can't get enough of it. He and excellent because he wants to like, he wants to read them and keep one pristine. He he just needs five five good pristine copies because he, he reads them again and again. I can sympathise with that collector's urge. Absolutely. Five signed copies coming right up to Elliot Bay. Elliot Bay. Uh, and then I just uh, go and sit where I usually sit if I'm in here to eat. I think at this point I'm going to, the door's going to bash open more aggressively. The little bell, if you've got a little bell, dingles really aggressively. <laughs> and I kind of come in a bit of a fluster and I go to speak to Melody and there's sort of a, an awkward, little awkward pause. Uh, you're right. I get, um, I'm fine. Are you okay? Yeah, yeah, no, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. Um, can I, can I use your Wi-Fi? Uh, absolutely. Yep. Thank. Yeah. Cool. Uh, just take a seat. And I, I'll bring you a glass of water. And I, I kind of take a very sort of awkward perch on one of the very comfy seats. I don't feel particularly comfortable, but I'm rummaging in my bag and I pull out my my tablet, and I'm tapping away. And I've used the Wi-Fi before, and it logs on and everything, but I'm obviously very confused. All of my settings have gone. All of my sign-ins on all of my many social media platforms have gone. And I can't I can't figure out. I thought maybe it was something to do with my Wi-Fi. I couldn't get onto the internet, but it's obviously not. So I've got these three freaks in my cafe. <laughs> so I think I might hurry through the um, last couple of people paying up or whatever and then usher them out. And then just turn around the side and have their cafe closed. I think Kincaid is still just sat at a table, like expecting to be able to order a bite. He's he's <laughs> he's got his stop including me face on as, since Jess has walked in. He looks up expectantly occasionally, and he looks confused when you turn the sign around to close them. So, anybody ever seen a bank card with no card details on? None at all? Uh, if you'd asked me that yesterday, no, but as of today, yeah. Okay, I mean, uh, Cal's fans aren't always um, the most straightforward people that I've ever met, but yeah, I just had a, a customer, bless her, she's quite upset, um, and I couldn't tell her anything about why I, her card seems to, you know, wasn't working on the machine, completely different. So it had like, what, not got a name on? Yeah. Not got any numbers or nothing? Exactly that. That is so weird. So I've walked over by this point, uh, carrying my cardboard cutout with me, and I sort of mm -hmm. sit down at the table with Jess and just sort of put it next to me. That's very strange. Do you, do you have the card with you? The one with the details went? 
it was my dad's card. I couldn't take it. He'd have noticed. Like, even if he can't use it, he's a bugger. But, like, I thought he'd just done something stupid because he's, you know, an old git. But look at my, look at my tablet. Like, everything that was on it, all of my details, all my logins, all gone. Is that, is that the same thing? Mildred had that with her phone. She had the same thing? Hmm. Can I take a look at the tablet and uh, investigate a mystery? You certainly can. Sure. So roll plus sharp. So I've rolled a, a double six for my first roll. Sweet. Uh, and sharp is plus two. So 14, I guess. Yeah, so hold nice. two to ask questions from that investigate a mystery list. Okay, I think the first question I'm going to ask is uh, where did all the information go? Okay. Poking around in the the system of the tablet, you find that all of the identifying information has been sort of drained, and you find in the system logs that there was a there was a an NFC and a near field near field communication contact, not of the tablet itself. It's logging that. A, a transaction on a linked account took place and all of the data has drained to the other party in that transaction. Right. And the name of, like, the ident- identifier for the par- other party in the transaction is nonsense. It's not like a, a proper internet address or business entity or anything like that. It's just a string of nonsense characters. But there is, because you, you've asked the question, where did it go? There's geographical data. There's a, a coordinates, long, longitude and latitude, uh, that with a quick uh, Google point to an area centered pretty much on the amazement park. Oh, that's, that's interesting. Um, looks like somebody's logged on from the amazement park and somehow transferred all your data to them i i mean you know tech support's not really my thing but i guess uh i'm gonna follow that up with my second question is uh well slightly changed from the question written here do i know of any sort of creature that could do this from your from your reading and your your researches and your personal experiences calisterius knows of many creatures that devour people or devour kind of lives but have kind of a poetic license about what that actually means to to that will say like i will take your life but they won't actually mean i'm going to kill you they mean that they're going to like take your life or take what makes you you i think from this it would be quite a broad list i don't know if you could get a specific creature just from this investigation what you do know from your experience is that there are there are creatures out there that would eat this kind of information that would devour it use it for sustenance use it to grow okay Ah, this is this is very interesting i mean it could i suppose it, it could be a computer error but i mean i must admit i've read about creatures that can you know drain lives like this but you know your digital life um, you know, not to worry, Jess. Um, you know, you're still with us. That's good. But uh, I'm not sure your data is. Um, I wonder if this is. 
it, it could be nothing, but I wonder if perhaps we should go and investigate. Uh, perhaps go and take a little look at the amazement park? You mean someone at work has been hacking my personal data? Well, I suppose it could be something boring, like one of your colleagues hacking your data. Yeah, but uh, uh, you know, equally, it could be a monster. Rose's eyes still trying to be uninvolved. Given the option between hacking and monster, like the monster suggestion isn't his vibe. But he does check his card and his wallet. He has not used this card since he's come to Sheridan. He carries cash. He's that kind of a guy. If you've only spent cash and only bought stuff in the duck and parsnip, uh, then Kincaid finds that his cards are unchanged. Yeah, he just sort of looks it and just slips it quietly back into the wallet, trying to not to be noticed that he actually wants anything to do with this at all. I think Jess is going to grab her tablet back and be like, right. Well, I'm going there right now. Don't know about the rest of you. Yes, well, I, I guess I, I'm up for it. It's all, it's all good research for my next book. Jess is already halfway to the door. She's stuffed her tablet back in her satchel. Oh, wait up. You can follow me. Ed, I'm going. I'm not going to make you a sandwich, so you might as well come as well. Oh, can, can we make something to go or something? I'm nope. Starving. Grab a Mars bar off the counter and come with us. <sighs> the hot dogs will be cold, but they'll still be out. I grab the Mars bar. I head to follow. I grab a second Mars bar. Pop them in, in the pocket of the suit. And yeah, yeah, fine. I saw that. I'll, I'll, I'll pay for it. been Vigil, a main house production from Merely Role Players. It stars Ellen Gould as Jess Butterworth, Chris McLennan as Ed Kincaid, Helen Stratton as Melody, and Chris Buxey as Calisteria Softbinding. Sound design for this production is by Natalie Winter, and the theme music is by Alexander Pankhurst. I'm Matt Boothman, and I play the supporting cast, as well as editing and producing the episode. We were playing Monster of the Week, a role-playing game by Michael Sands, published by Evil Hat Productions. You can find Monster of the Week at genericgames.co.nz. Merely Role Players is a foggy outline production in association with Blackshaw Theatre Company. Until next time, if drama be the food of life, play on. <laughs>